or in the front page of our Street Fighter. Uh, I have a very special guest today, someone who you may or may not know um, from what he does in the community. It's maybe something that I want to talk about and get into for people who are new to the community. You might not know who you are, but Hanzo Gonzo, thank you for joining the show. Fuck. That's a way to say it. Hey, what's happening, man? <laughs> what's up? How's it going? Uh, it's going good, man. It's Saturday. We're recording this on a Saturday. I just had a banana and a big bowl of ice cream. It is currently the what morning, the so I'm, I'm feeling good, man. Like, What kind of ice cream did you have? I had a, a chocolate chip, but then I like to put, whenever I have like a vanilla-based ice cream, I like to get honey, put honey on it, and then sprinkle with oh. cinnamon. What the hell? You... Are you like just you make your own Baskin Robbins fucking ice cream in your yeah, house? Yeah, it's the Cold Stone Creamery of. Okay. <laughs> welcome to the Joe Stone Creamery over here. I'm mashing that shit up. What's good? Man, uh, I don't. I don't do anything <laughs> opulent like that. I feel like that's like what a Roman emperor would do after the fucking orgy. You know, <laughs> yeah. just like pour I'm, honey in there. <laughs> I'm laying on a chase, and it's just being drizzled into my mouth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's you know not not. Unaccurate, honestly. Uh, but how about yourself? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I was just watching uh, Dragon Ball because the finals are on, and Yipes came on the screen, and I got a big old smile because Yipes always brings a smile to my face because he's yeah. a great human. Yeah, he's a he is one of the best, if not the best, uh, commentator for tag games. Certainly, uh, saw Romanova on the the commentary, which was fucking rad. Uh, yeah, yeah friend of the show anyway uh other than that let's get into before we get into everything and like the questions that we had planned uh, and discussions and topics uh, is there anything right now that you would want to promote uh, at the start of the show so people can't avoid it at the end of the show uh yeah so there's it should be in the link of the description but mm-hmm. there should be a uh, donation link for the australia wildfire relief via directrelief.org uh, just because, uh, you know, the wildfires are going fucking crazy over there and it kind of is a little personal because I had to deal with wildfires up near my house in Northern California. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a big one a couple years ago and it came up basically to my house. So, uh, you know, had you wild- evacuated at that point? No, um, oh, I was I was actually in New York for a show and I was watching the fire come up to my house and the the. Uh, trailer park near my old house it was uh basically just on fire and as i was at the ho- uh the the airport bar and i was just like oh man i need a drink because <laughs> i was like wow I don't know what the fuck to do you know i mean you can't and, you, you literally can't do anything at that point it's just you yeah know, you just have to watch that's that's devastating but uh, a local uh radio station actually dug a trench that saved my house which is kind of oh, weird uh yeah so i was pretty fortunate but mm-hmm. there's a lot of people unfortunate, and 
I think the whole country of Australia is pretty unfortunate right now because of all the wildfires. So that's yeah, a good no. uh, organization to go donate to. Yeah, that'll be the the first link in the show notes. Wherever you're listening, stop right now. Uh, scroll down or look wherever the show notes up here, and it'll be the first link. Click on that and be generous, because um, that shit's for real. And like, it like wiped out a ton of their their wildlife and just areas of where wildlife can live. However, I will say, fuck koala bears. They're fucking those. Those things are assholes. I don't are know if you, you know the this. Woke, the woke people that hate koala bears, they're just being animals, man. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but koala bears are assholes. They are, they're fucking assholes. But at the same time, I am, I'm empathetic. I understand. I would also be pretty fucking rude if my diet only consisted of eucalyptus. They're just like, I only eat eucalyptus. That's my that's life. What they, that's what they sound like, actually. Oh, yeah. That's, that's not... Listen, I'm not, this isn't like an inaccurate representation of what a koala bear sounds like. They're not even bears. I'm not even a bear. I'm a marsupial bitch. Uh, there's, they're fucking, they're brutal, man. Uh, so fuck kangaroos though are, they're fucking rad. Uh, got to get a Joey in a pouch. Anyway, uh, that'll be in the show notes. So look down, scroll down below. Uh, first line of questioning though, how was Evo Japan? You spent some time over there and <coughs> we're at the event and. You've got first-hand experience. Tell me about it. Um, Evo Japan was cool, uh, much better than previous years. Um, if you've ever been to the event, you would probably understand how bad it was in previous years and how much better it was this year. Space was still pretty whack. There's mm -hmm. just so many people in Tokyo that showed up, and Smash had over a billion people, you know? Right. So there was a lot of space issues which isn't uncommon in FGC nowadays, I feel like. Uh, it's hard to find a tournament that feels like right size. I guess Evo kind of feels, there's there's a lot of room at Evo sometimes. There's almost too much room at Evo. But yeah, it, and it, we're expanding it, too, Evo. Yeah, I, like I get it. Like you've got that huge space to run any setups, but at the same time it's like, I don't know, maybe that's just Las Vegas of everything is a fucking mile away from where it actually needs to be. So, like, by the time oh, yeah. you get there, it's like, I'm sweaty. I'm all sweaty. <laughs> what the fuck yeah, happened? I, <laughs> I remember the first year I was doing uh, producing for EOS 2016, and it was at the uh, convention center with mm -hmm. the uh, concrete. And so I was walking around in the concrete. And then at the time, I had really bad bands. So I had, like, blisters on my feet. And then I had to walk to the hotel, which was a fucking hour away oh, so God. yeah yeah because that convention center is at the end of the strip which is it is very far away from where any of the places to stay are yeah so was a, that was a fun walk <laughs> no it wasn't <laughs> so after <laughs> after that i've i've been on the boost life i've been trying to actually wear decent shoes yeah just because uh i just started injuring myself at this that point yeah Bands i think it's pretty, pretty key Bands for that well, especially for like walk and play, like Japan and Tokyo in general is like a big walking city. Uh, oh, yeah. Even though you can take subways everywhere, you have to still walk to the station. So, gotta take care of your feet, folks. Uh, other than that, though, uh, how um, else was the how was the the feeling in the in the venue? Um, pretty. I think a lot of people uh, wanted to show up and play, mm -hmm. and then after that, I don't know. They they filled up the spectating, so it was pretty. Um, it wasn't. I wouldn't say hype. But there's a lot of people around and, you know, they weren't enjoying the event, I guess. 
And from a production standpoint, everything went pretty smooth. There was a couple of hiccups, but um, other than that, um, it seemed pretty smooth on our end. We had a, a lot of people come out to the event, so it was a lot easier than previous years. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just pretty smooth overall in comparison to uh, the other years. Uh, so I'm pretty happy about that. And um, Japan itself... Um, you know, is really cool. And uh, getting a lot of the crew out there is always fun because mm-hmm. um, everyone has a, a blast coming in. And, um, yeah, and we stayed a little bit after and we ate uh, Kakambo and shit like that. You know what Kakambo is, I guess? I, I guess. don't, actually. Kakambo is a ramen restaurant uh, that does really, really spicy ramen. Okay. And it's incredibly good. I love spicy food, so... Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I I like I like some spicy food myself. That's I could I could maybe fuck with that. That sounds. Where in in Tokyo is that located? Or it's is in it? Con, it's in Konda. It's um kind of across the bridge from Akiba. Um, okay. Like the Electric Town area. Um, <clears throat> it's actually right next to our new studio in Japan that we're opening up. So awesome. Really cool. Um, you spoke a little bit about production and production wise. Is there anything that is different about producing a show in Japan versus producing a show in the States. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to deal with <laughs> Japanese companies or not necessarily Japanese companies. Sometimes you do, but like Japanese people working for a Japanese company. Right. right. Uh, and the work culture in Japan is uh, horrendous in, in general. It just really, I feel like it's very awful. Um, so when they're following their cultural, you know, norms and stuff like that, it can be a little difficult. Um, just like even just doing anything, like you have to talk to 12 people and there's 18 people doing one job and they're all freaking out because if they screw up, they get obliterated, you know? Um, huh. Is, uh, is that like the, maybe like explain why you think it's, the work-life culture and why it's it's horrendous. That- why do I think it's horrendous? Everyone's stressed out. No one's happy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> everyone wants to just, like, they want to work for 14 hours to try and get, you know, a 0.01%, you know, uh, mm. promotion. And if they don't get it, then their fucking life is over, you know? It's like, uh, I pe- feel like everyone's in a perpetual state of misery. And I feel like some of the expats that are over there sometimes feel that way. Uh, at least that's what I hear. Hmm. Um, and I don't know. I can't live being unhappy always. That seems awful to me. <laughs> I, <don't know>. I <laughs> Yeah, if given the choice to uh, be happy all the time or like be super worried about losing your job or being worried about being productive all the time. Uh, in a work sense might be a little bit stressful. I can, I can see that happening. Yeah. And, um, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, it's, it's awful like for like on like a cultural level, I'm saying it's awful for me. Right. In in regards to it, I guess. Um, but yeah, but dealing with, uh, we've been dealing with the same people for, you know, two or three years now. And, um, it's not as bad as it was in the first year. We're kind of used to each other. Mm-hmm. So they're also used used to our being um, like belligerent Americans, I guess, <laughs> which, uh, which we are. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was, it was very smooth this year, I will say. 
Cool. No, it seems like you've gotten your rapport with the the people who you need to work with, and it is being taken care of. Uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, other than that, anything else in Japan that you maybe saw or did that is uh, worth mentioning, worth talking about? <clears throat> Any fun stories? Um, none that I could probably say. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we we have some good times out there. Um, you know, drinking and getting you know getting wild i i I haven't this past time was kind of boring is one of the reasons i I don't have anything because uh we were i was just over there the last like a couple months ago and i went crazy and i was like you know what maybe i shouldn't drink 13 strong zeros that's 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 one of those things where i see everyone everyone who is from the fgc heads on over to japan is like strong zero that's my jam gina yeah it's gina's fault i'm Uh, just i I don't like I don't like strong zero. Am I FGC? I might not be FGC. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> shitty. It's just shitty. Um, you know, like flavored vodka, essentially, right? Yeah, it's like malt liquor flavored. Does it have energy in it? I really can't. I don't know. Does no, it have, no. It's not like your four locos or any shit like it's that. Not. It's not four just, loco has a has the a version of it now oh, that do apparently now? tastes like gasoline, but. Well, yeah, that's if you want to kill your insides. Uh, speaking of four, I actually have a pre-banned four loco Deep. in my fridge. It has it has survived one, two, six moves. And we just Christ. we just haven't drank it, uh, which was given to us by a woman who now owns a natural deodorant company it's a long mm. story behind that one man that four loco has it has a story behind it so i don't know if we're ever gonna get rid of it or drink yeah there's it. you know there's like these old people that have these <laughs> incredibly expensive the old uh, cans you know, the old beer cans you know well i'm talking about like bottles of liquor from like the civil war and like they're incredibly <laughs> you know decorated with like history and it's like oh yeah patent touched this bottle and all this stuff you have a four loco from a deodorant lady so that's your <laughs> cool thing that <laughs> you have yeah that's i'll tell my my kids about it uh my grandkids say this four loco you ever put charcoal in your underarm well guess what children <laughs> <laughs> this lemon four loco pre-ban times it'll get you fucked um, so, the only time i drank a pre-ban four loco i blacked out in 30 minutes so uh, that so that's that about tracks with my experience with four loco. i i drank half of a four loco once and my t- my stomach was like hey 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 bud hey mm-hmm. bud you what, what the fuck's going on up there it's definitely <laughs> not a not a fun time at least for me no, uh, no, I I feel that, but strong zero, uh, it's the choice of the FGC, I suppose. What flavor strong zero are you going with? I anything. I have a weird thing where um, I I used to be a really picky eater, but in regards to alcohol, for some reason, I'll just drink literally anything, um, <clears throat> even if it tastes like bile. Um, uh. I'll just chug anything. So I don't care at a certain point. Uh, but I think peach is good, and then. Uh, I think there's a grapefruit one that I like, but I just grab one. Fair. Whatever's at the 7-Eleven, just grab and go, which 7-Eleven's over in Japan. If you don't know, now you know. Oh, yeah. I'm a kombini expert. Mini Stop is the best kombini, but it's hard to find. 
Yeah, there's a lot less of those I've noticed, but you're yeah. you're not wrong in saying that. Um, another case, maybe we should reel it back a little bit for people who might not <laughs> might not know like who you are. Or, who the like, fuck is this? Or what you do? It's been thirty minutes. Well, yeah, it's well because it's one of those things where I feel like a lot of the people who have been around the FGC for a long time are familiar with you and what you do and and your work, but the FGC is continuing to get. A, it's a younger and younger crowd. Every year, there's there's a lot of new players who just are coming into it brand new and might not know a lot of the history. A lot of the people who have just been around the scene for a while. Uh, so maybe just like give the people a little little breakdown of who you are. Sure. And um, so I'm Hanzo Gonzo, and I've been in the fighting game community since basically I've been watching streams before, before like Justin, like around Justin TV time. Uh, so and for the kids out stuff. there, Justin TV <laughs> is what Twitch, Twitch eventually was. became years ago. Yeah, uh, where you would watch, you know, Top Gear season one through eight on the TV <laughs> section. Because um, I didn't have TV at the time, so I was like, I need. I typed in TV on the internet, and Justin TV came up. So, and then I found the same day I found Street Fighter. It was the same day Street Fighter Four released. <laughs> um, and I was like, what? Oh, Street Fighter. I've been playing HD Remix, you know. And uh, from there, I uh, started watching streams. I was a really big stream monster um, from 2009, 2011. And then with 2011, um, I actually started coming out to events because of Marvel vs. Capcom 3. I was really excited for that game. And I started doing okay at events. And I um, streamed a lot. I figured out... Um, how to kind of manipulate Shoryuken's front page. Like they had this thing for streams um, where it would pop up if you were the top stream, but I figured out a way where I can make myself the top stream always. So um, I kind of, it's like via the calendar system or something. So I always was top stream on Shoryuken. So people would come in to my stream, me um, spamming Taskmaster, you know, arrows. And, uh, I became kind of popular via that and um, I made a lot of content uh, for Marvel and um, I became a sponsored player for a year or two. I forget how long. And uh, I was not good at the game, in my opinion. Uh, I, I did okay. I never got on top eight at a major, you know, but people were like, man, you're so good at Marvel. I was like, no, I wasn't really good. Like I beat some people. Sure. Yeah. But, like uh, good, but not like, not like top eight Evo good. You know, like, yeah, th and there's like a lot of players who fall into that who are marketable players who are not that skill level. Yeah. Anyway, um, from that, um, I would get rides from my buddy Harrison to the events um, and he was involved with streaming the events with uh, haunts um, and who both have since have worked at Capcom. Harrison still mm -hmm. works at Capcom. Um, Haunts is doing uh, Call of Duty stuff, I think. And um, from there, I just started helping out because I was getting rides with them. I don't want to you know, be a dick. So I was just helping out. And I already knew how to stream via my home streams. And um, I kind of just kept helping. And then we did NCR one year. And then I was helping out at EVO one year. And then I just kind of kept helping. And eventually it became my full-time thing after I lost a previous job. Um, hmm. And I just kept going. 
I just kept helping out. Uh, my boss, Chris Seglia, says that I I don't remember this, but he says that the only reason I started helping out is because I talked a lot of shit to them about how bad they were or something at production. But I don't remember that. <laughs> I feel like that sounds like old me, though. <laughs> so just being a giant little dick. Um I mean, that's not entirely cur- currently you. That's not, not entirely dissimilar to what you're current. Yeah, but I have like morals are. now and shit. Like <laughs> okay. Right? Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a little shithead. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, since then, um, basically, uh, the iPlay winner kind of turned into 10.0 Productions. And via 10.0 Productions, I've been helping out since its inception. And we do around uh, 40 to 50 events a year. I personally probably do around 40 um, where I'm actively traveling. And um, uh, what do I do at events? I essentially uh, do a lot of producing work, which is making sure everything is going good. Everyone has what they need for the production to go good. If something is wrong, to fix it. Stuff like that. It's kind of a broad Thing, as well as um, in the company, I do a lot of the staffing and um, organization stuff behind the scenes. Right, like production uh, management is is a thing that needs to happen at an event, just in case you know. You're making yeah. sure that like you have internet, for example, uh, shit like that. I don't know if that's in your purview, but well, yeah, pretty much everything when I'm on site is in my purview, just because it ha- it it's gonna affect the production, right. and I have to make sure it's fixed essentially and at a lot of these fgc events everything is not good <laughs> so, then, oh, yeah. so i have to i have to kind of <laughs> get in there and get in the guts essentially and make sure everything is at least hidden uh from the the public's view or it's fixed so no like yeah that is that is something that i feel like a lot of people who view and consume streams don't really maybe appreciate is the right word or understand uh the inner workings and what happens in the background uh like the staff of these productions is not the staff of like a tv production let's say there's not as many resources involved so like when shit is being held together with with duct tape and shit actually works it's it's almost like a fucking miracle miracle every every weekend honestly yeah, I will say though that um at, you know, past twenty fifteen ish, um, our productions are pretty pretty fucking good in regards to equipment as well as staff. And we've been training a lot of our uh guys and gals and uh pretty much uh, I I would say ninety five percent of our productions are staffed by FGC people uh that we've either incorporated or trained up uh that have had an interest in it. Right. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, and it's really, it's really beneficial for fighting games because of how kind of odd fighting games are. If you actually look at it from an outside perspective, fighting games are a little weird um, to understand everything. And then it's not one game at these events usually, unless it's like a tour event or whatever. But like, let's say you're doing it for Evo. There's eight or nine games that you have to understand the concepts of them in order to do some production work like replay for example if mm-hmm. i'm a replay operator and i don't know what the fuck is happening like it's really difficult for me to clip something you know stuff like that so right. it's really beneficial um 
that we uh, train up as well as incorporate people from the AFGC because a lot of the um, a lot of the minutia is just already they already have it right, right. they know the so, vernacular they know they know yeah. the language uh, so it's 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 a lot easier as well as it's just cool to have you know uh, finding game people um, you know be getting experience and stuff like that because uh, we're really community based and community driven mm -hmm. um, and that's a big thing for me is to support the FGC even in like little ways right um, ways that the majority probably don't see um, it's really important for me to uh, keep continuing that and mm -hmm. um, but yeah I think I think a lot of our productions so like have what I'm saying is we're not held together by duct tape, okay? okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually pretty fucking smooth in regards to a lot of things. Uh, in reg if you're comparing it to a TV broadcast, even, even in some of those instances, I think we are stronger in a lot of respects because we Damn have shit. done TV broadcasts. Um, oh, yes, yeah, I with guess ESPN, that is true. Yeah, with um, ESPN a couple of years ago. We've done it with ESPN as well as we've done workflows with other companies and stuff like that. And there's a lot of... Um, bottlenecking that can happen when you when you scale up to that size um but no, yeah i i, I love I, our flight packs essentially i don't mean to disparage the name uh, i know i know i know <laughs> just it's just throwing it out that there's a lot of things what people don't consider that can go bad that often do oh, yeah. are like you said hidden by the team that you've you've built up and the the good people who you work with uh because it sounds like i mean that's how you got into the community that's how you got into production so it makes sense yep. to harbor that same uh, that same pathway for other people who might be interested. Uh, so for people out there, just get involved, help out where you can volunteer, do the work. Yeah. I would say if you're ever interested, cold calling me is probably a bad way to do it. You should probably usually word of mouth via pe like local people is much better. Like, um, there's, I mean, you're every scene has a streamer in it, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I know pretty much all of them. So if you're helping out with them and they recommend you stuff like that, it's much better Avenue. Um, right. Then just okay. being like, Hey, I've done, I've done a house stream, you know, it's like, okay, cool. So I have a billion other people, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to cold call you and be like, Hey, I've, I've done a stream before. Can I be on team? Can I get paid money for this? The answer is no, I don't deserve money for what I do. Uh, You'd be surprised. Hey, do you work in radio? Uh, I used to. Why do you, okay. why do you ask? Uh, your mannerisms. I feel like you've, I feel like you've worked in radio before. That is fun. I, I have. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. It's no, popping No, it's, I used to, I used to do radio uh, at a Sunday morning show uh, for a very, uh, about three ish years. Um, and man, radio is a, here's a little bit of like, look into the production of this show. For example, uh, mm -hmm. I do it live, uh, for people who don't, or might not be aware of that. Uh, so all of the sounds that you're hearing are live unless I go back and edit it, which isn't very often. Like if I had a dump button, I would use it sometimes, but I, I don't uh, on my current setup uh, because I'm doing like multiple recordings at the same time. Uh, and I don't know. It's just one of those things that I'm used to doing things in a live sense. So it doesn't, this is like, this is the comfort zone for me to do mm -hmm. it, like a radio style. But uh, anyway, 
that's one of the very few times where I've been asked a question from uh, a person who I'm <laughs> okay sorry about that kind of caught me mm-hmm. off guard there oh uh, my bad no that's okay I'll I'll roll with the punches and we'll we'll get along with it uh, I did insult your your streaming capabilities so it's <laughs> it's okay if you're gonna trip me up a little bit I'm I'm quite all right with that uh, but other than other than what you do. So we have that introduction. Now, the the thing that I wanted to really dig into and, and the meat that I wanted to kind of bite into here is really just... So for people who don't follow you on Twitter.com, which they probably shouldn't, it's kind of a mess, but every mm-hmm. once in a while... Every once in a while, there's a there's a little nugget of gold in there, a little gem of when you when you do get serious and you you release like some information what is based off of your your longtime experience within the community and production and all that stuff. Uh, you made this statement about leveraging success and how that translates to the fighting game community. Could you maybe expand upon that idea if you have a little bit more space here to explain what you mean by that? Yeah, so I have some esoteric thoughts sometimes. I kind of feel like if you guys have followed, I guess if you're in tech and speed kicks, but if you're in general FGC, SKD, SKD will just kind of say some shit for like 40 tweets, and you're like, what the fuck is he saying? So sometimes I have that thought in regards to uh, content creations and stuff like that. And um, I look in the space and I try and find what's missing. And I often find that everything is missing. In oh, yeah. There's, to... <laughs> there's quite a lot of holes to be filled. Yeah. And I'm always like, I'm like flabbergasted sometimes when people are like, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know what to do to succeed and stuff like that. And I'm just like, well, there's so many easy things you can do to, uh, be successful and i've kind of i kind of have done it in, in a sense it was a much e- easier space to do it because no one was really doing it back in you know 2011 2012 mm-hmm. um but i used to have you know thousands of uh viewers on twitch you know my youtube still has a lot of subscribers you know i haven't done anything on for like eight years you know um so i understand the kind of uh work you kind of have to put in on a on a like a small level it's much harder nowadays i do recognize that because there's so many people but right, also pool's a lot bigger yeah but also you can stand out uh once you stand out it's easier to stay uh out essentially because uh people kind of gravitate toward personalities nowadays and they really kind of glob on so what i was talking about is i've been researching a lot of stuff just for um uh certain projects coming up and stuff like that and um I, I personally am really into role-playing games. I love Dungeons and Dragons. So okay. I consume a lot of Dungeons and Dragons media. Um, and uh, one of those things is called Not Another D&D Podcast. And uh, they are incredibly big because they used to be college humor people and they're doing a D&D podcast. They have around 12.5 thousand patrons on their Patreon at least $2. So they're making a lot of money. In regards to just releasing this weekly podcast and stuff and they have a, real, a whole content plan and they're doing extra content if you pay more money stuff like that um i feel like that's sort of absent just in general like uh, a strong patreon um but that's not necessarily my point my point is that um the cast members on it um <clears throat> often do other things they're on other projects right 
and that via that it feeds into their people's cult of like the cult of personality around that cast member and then people will go follow their other projects stuff like that mm-hmm. so for example emily axford's also on uh dimension 20 which is another college humor thing but and they do a bunch of like um pre-produced uh dnd pot like content and stuff like that and um via that i the only reason i've watched that is because they talked about it on the not a dnd podcast another guy he has another podcast that they talked about that i've went and checked out he has over four thousand patrons on that one and it's like kind of like incestuous in a way where they're on other products to talk about their other products. And I feel like that is not, that hasn't happened really in the FGC. It can happen very easily is the thing. And it does sometimes, but everyone fails at the execution of it, in my opinion. <laughs> so recently, I don't want to mean to call out uh, Kizzy. I love Kizzy K, mm-hmm. but uh he just had a stream for grand blue versus fighters where he was gonna have a bunch of people over and they're gonna play right uh and it was just like a <clears throat> bad stream like i feel like i f- like the audio wasn't working or something and like the video was going out and stuff if i see that i'm closing the stream like yeah. i'm like i have no fucking patience for it so i have i feel like a lot of people also uh yeah, audio, audio is incredibly important in terms of people being able to pay attention. And also if like videos going out, done deal. Yeah. And, um, Oh, it was, it was, I'm sorry. It was Kizzy trying to talk about the, the grand blue versus fighting and stuff like that. And he was having people over Skype and shit wasn't working. I, I think it was what it was. Right. And, um, yeah, so I feel like stuff like uh, Sagem. Sagem has a podcast with Equinox people, like uh, Brian F. and mm-hmm. Filipino Man, and I think that is good, but it's only really good for Brian F. Really, um, <clears throat> he's the only one kind of benefiting off that because he has a consistent schedule. Sagem tangentially does too, but uh, right. it's not really like um, it's on his channel, so it's not the same. Right. Um, so I feel like stuff like that is good for some people to do. Um, and I feel like there's just, there needs to be more collab projects, not only within the FGC, I think within the FGC is super easy. You just go on someone's stream and you talk to them. Right. Right. Um, I think outside the FGC, there's a shitload of opportunities with these, some of these other podcasts, as well as just doing other stuff. Like, you know, you're not just a fighting game player. I'm sure you're also a musician or you're also a this, you know, all that. And um, integrating your other hobbies to promote your other hobbies is kind of no one's really doing it. I think there's a few. Music- I think like Desk is a good example of someone who do- did it well, where yeah. he used his combo videos and tech videos to kind of promote his music. And um, I bought an album from him because I, you know, wanted to support him. So stuff like that is really cool and good. Um, Piano Densetsu also comes to mind. Yes, yeah. There, there's there's a few there's a few in the space. Um, Who does? I only bring that up because he does the he did the music for this show. Okay. <laughs> See, that's good though. You, you do that's music those things for podcasts, right? Because the only reason he got a mention here. Well, I'm sure he's very good, but uh, the main reason he got a mention here is because he did something for you, right? 
exactly. And it's for another, um, it's for other content. So like if I was Piano Dead Setsu, I'd be like, hey, Say Jam, let me make you the theme song for your podcast and shit like that. And via that, it's just like free promotion. Now, at a certain point, you should charge for it, obviously, but that's 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 a that's a, like a personal thing for the creator. Right. I feel like sometimes you should, sometimes you shouldn't. Um, it's just up to you. Um, yeah, it kind of depends. Yeah, that is that depends because like your work is valuable. It has a a monetary value to it, and it's one of those things you should not always work for free or. Yeah. You should charge for things. You should feel okay about charging for things. Yeah. And it comes up in production a lot um, in regards to, because like graphics are a thing. Yeah. Um, no one wants to pay for and, art. It's crazy. Yeah. And um, I feel like artists are, are not only artists, but even just like freelancers in general are kind of hesitant to ask for money. And you have to do it at a certain point because we've, uh, at Tenno, I've made it, pretty we wanted to make it at least industry standard in the fgc space that you should be getting paid a fair wage you know for right. some of the jobs that you've been doing um equivalent to um you know some sports you know productions and stuff like that um so uh when i see some people talking about like commentary not getting paid at some events or you know i'm a production i did everything for free and stuff like that at a certain point i'm just like you can't like I understand getting your foot in the door, but it's been, you know, five years. Yeah. I mean, like uh, some of these people are, they have their foot way all the way through the door. Some might say, and yeah. you know, that not happening for them is like, uh, you don't, you hate to see it. Yeah. It's then it's their, them being genuinely nice is what's leading them to that. So it's hard to be like, Hey, stop it. But, um, right. You know, it happens to you too often in my opinion, but, Back to the subject, Joe, getting me fucking distracted. That's, that's um, how the show goes. I'm sorry. I got time. <laughs> um, <laughs> got to stretch it out somehow. This is boring ass conversation. <laughs> got to go somewhere. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, my really weird uh, concepts. Um, there's another uh, in card games. I'm very into card games as well. I'm into everything. Okay. Uh, so um, there's another streamer. His name's Swim. Swim Stream, I think is his full title. Um, he was gearing up for Legends of Runeterra, which is a, the Riot card game, right? Yeah. And he is, he was a big Gwent guy, which I was a big Gwent guy at the time too. So I know of him. And he was getting around, I think for his Legends of Runeterra, like the beta streams, he was getting around like 500 people, right? Uh, pretty okay. Um, but what he did was that he leveraged a lot of other things to promote his stream. And now he's getting at least 2K 3k you know every every day right essentially so what he did was he actually made a website where he updates it every day and it shows all his youtube content as well as it has a tier list that is updated every day of decks as well as it has like a matchup thing where i can choose to i can choose a deck like a, a like a noxious and demacia deck like, and I can see what cards they have that are relevant to other matchups, like tech cards, for example. So there's like a lot of like weird tools. And he also has like a, a card draw probability calculator and shit like that. Uh, so like these really weird tools that aren't in the game. 
And he's basically using that to drive people to his website. And then once they're on their website, his stream's there. The stream's just up. So right. it's getting views people, through that automatically. Yeah. And people want to go to the site because it has good information and it's being updated every day. So every day I'm like, well, what's going on in the meta? Right. And um, stream embeds, folks. It's, it's a powerful tool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so via that, he's now like top Legends of Terra streamer for the most part. So, and he wasn't that previous. So using like outside things, so why haven't there been like, no one has like a website like that in the FGC that is updated literally every day, has info, you know, outside of the game. I think the only one I can really think of to that extent was Infilment's KI guide. Yeah, was really, it. was really good. Um, but there's, there's really nothing like that in the space where you're using an external like draw to your stream essentially. Right. Right. Like it's, it's there and that will get viewers somehow and that will boost itself kind of automatically at that point. If you have something that people are going after, uh, that's, it's an interesting idea for the FGC. Um, I don't know exactly what that content would be or what that would look like. But I'm sure that there. I'm sure that there are. I'm just not thinking of what that could be properly right now. Like matchup you charts, do, shit like that. Yeah, matchup charts is an easy one. I think tier lists in itself are, with so many updates being for the game, yeah. um, are not bad, um, right? Like Street Fighter, for example. You know, it's in season what eighteen of content or whatever. Or um, you know what? Fuck it. Even like what like I play Winner used to do like. It was, you could select the character and it would show like, here's what the normal looks like. Here are the anti-air normals. And it was just like listed out just like that. I'm like, yep. old I play winner. And that was, I used to visit that all the time. Just really? because I was like, oh yeah. Cause it's, because cool. I like, I like hit boxes. I like thinking about things. And I think, I feel like for a newer player, a seeing, cause when you say like standing medium punch to a new player, They'll be like, I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I haven't committed that to my memory yet. But then you have that picture that shows them, and it's like, oh, okay, that's what that looks like. So now I know what. It, you know, it's just like tied things together when they're not like in the game playing it. You know, they can look at it outside or in your free time whenever you're looking at uh, when you're just like researching the game and stuff. So that that could be an option, or I'm sure there's hundreds of other things that you could tie to. Yeah, to fighting games. And I think it's really difficult nowadays for a player to get info just in general because of discords. There's yeah. like, I mean, I'm with Grand Blue Versus coming out, right? <sighs> uh, there's yeah. an explosion of discords of people trying to be the main discord, right? Um, so I don't know where the fuck to go uh, in regards to getting some text. So I have to go scroll through Twitter hashtags bullshit that's you know aggregated terribly and stuff like that um but i feel like with discord kind of killing forums um and i think reddit is an okay way to do it i know this is the reddit podcast so i can't just be like yeah no it's it but, has uh, it has problems like it, it's one of those things where like we talk about it and like in our own personal time with like other people who have worked in forums before and how the death of forums has kind of caused an issue of like 
there seems to be no staying power of information because discords are a fucking nightmare to approach as a like here is data look at the data uh i don't know we've tried on on reddit there are ways to like we have a text search button but like i don't know how many people use it uh it is useful if things are tagged appropriately and which we go through and tag stuff but and you can search by new but at the same time people have to be posting to reddit for that to be useful and it's like garbage in garbage out kind of thing uh we need we need give give our street fighter the good tech please we need that good good tech this is kind of off topic a little bit but how often how many hours a week do you spend curating the reddit um quite a lot actually uh because it's one of those things where like every I have a job where I can just check in every hour or so because uh, like we have good moderation tools set up to like let us see like what needs attention or uh, what hasn't been marked or whatever. So I'll check about every hour of the of the workday and I'll go through and uh, update tags if they haven't been tagged so people can you know, search for stuff or remove things what need to be removed. Um, shit like that. So pretty often, I don't know if I've quantified an hour to it, but it's probably unfortunate, whatever that hour count is. And there's not a lot of, there aren't a lot of active mods on the, on the sub as well. There's probably about three of us, maybe four rotating in or out throughout the week. Um, but yeah, why do you ask? I was just curious the workload in regards to comparing it to forums or maybe even these discord ones the discord kind of i feel like because i've been in the unis discord for a while mm-hmm. and um i feel like it kind of sorts itself out sometimes but the problem is that the info has no staying power so yeah. even even if you pin stuff people don't read the pins no. so that's why i think forums had a leg up because it's really hard to avoid the first post yeah yeah um in a thread because if you go to the thread and go to the last thing you're fucking a insane or looking to argue you know, i don't know like <laughs> like there's these two things and if you're just looking to argue that's fun for everyone at a certain point um <clears throat> but um yeah i think because i mean the common question there's a joke in the gordo sections like how do you link 5b after 22a you know um people ask that literally every day yep. for the past year <laughs> you know like Yep. No, that was actually, I think I've said this recently. I can't remember if it was on this show or another podcast, but like the reason why the Geef's Gym series exists is because people came through our Street Fighter and RSF4 actually uh, asking, what is, like, how do I do this or how do I do that? And so Geef's Gym was basically built off of answering those questions so that if they did come up, we could have an automatic, just look at this chapter, go here. Mm-hmm. Like, the answer exists. It's right here. And we see it because we're in moderation. So link it, delete that post, be gone. Um, that clean things up a little bit. But so there is, there is power in having like these simple, like, cause this is like easy, simple stuff that like should be readily and widely available. Does anyone have a website that sorts that appropriately currently? Maybe. Not really. 
No, it's a, it, there's, I don't know if there's any money in it is the problem. I no, feel like, no, I feel like <laughs> really there isn't. is, uh, you have to do it. Um, you kind of have to a, be kind of lucky or B do it like with pre like determined supporters and stuff like that. I feel yeah. like someone like, um, feel like Sage Man star up Patreon, for example. Um, right. And probably source stuff like that via his fan base, stuff like that. And you said, Eris, you're going to bring up avoidingthepuddle.com? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like that is, he's done a very good job, especially you talk about diversifying. Like, he almost does more non fighting game stuff than he does fighting game stuff, honestly. For sure. <laughs> and, and that is, that has only grown his, his viewership. You know, it's, there's a reason for that. There's a reason why that worked. Uh, it also helps that he's, he's, oh, so charming. Um, yeah. Eris is, I love Eris a lot. Um, <laughs> and uh, one of his strengths is that when his game was kind of dead, Tekken Tag 2 specifically, mm-hmm. uh, he kind of just did what he wanted. And uh, he grew those other hobbies or other avenues i should say like the souls streams as well as the resident evil streams like he's big into both those communities so the fact that he's been he grinded it out and was he's a part of those communities like legitimately so now he has these other communities he can just go to when he's not feeling fighting games you know and i think that right now is kind of where he's at with Tekken seven a little bit um Probably when the tournament season gets picked back up, he'll probably get back into it. But yeah, when you have these like lulls, time right now, yeah, yeah, these lulls are being supported by his other interests, right? You know, which like kind of ties tours. back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, as I say, like because the, the pro tour isn't happening right now. There's there's some dead air. There's some some opportunity to pick up some space for like people who might have multiple interests. Like now's the time, uh, but anyway no, so that's a that's a good interesting thing to think about of leveraging what you can do and also like gives me some food for thought honestly of what I could be doing to to further our street fighter and make the but I don't know I, it's always weird growing our street fighter because like I don't own it and like can explicitly not get paid for it so like eh. <laughs> yeah I feel yeah it's, um it's weird. It's a weird thing for me to be like, eh, is this worth putting more in into or just let it let it rock? But yeah, but you have this podcast, right? Yeah, uh, and this kind of exists for promoting other people. And I also don't get paid for this podcast, so it's like sure. I, I like to use it to promote other people if possible. Which is you gotta why get the MeUndies sponsorship or something. Oh my gosh, or- if I could get into MeUndies, oh man, if I could just get into those good good undies, if they could send me well. I'm wearing them right now. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about like doing like Casper beds or Casper mattresses, but sure. I, already, I already talked about uh, suplexing my mattress when it got sent to me. I mean, that's, that's for another time. Uh, I think that was on, that was during a tournament, not a podcast. But anyway. You know, uh, can you read Geese Jim on Bumble or not Bumble? <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> nope, that's not that. <laughs> What's that fucking audio site? I'm sorry, the Amazon uh, one. Audible. Audible. Yeah, definitely not Bumble. You see where my head's at. Um, uh, you see, you catch me on Bumble. That's a. <laughs> you know it's good. 
like, oh, I have all the hot links for you, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's turn this into a sex show. Let's talk uh, about sex. Okay, so sex. Almost everyone has it. It's okay if you don't. Uh, that's up to you. Um, I've been trying to come instantly lately, and it's really, <laughs> it's really difficult. It's actually... Have you ever tried to actually instantly, like frame one, come? It's hard. <laughs> yeah, you wake up, frame up, frame one. Frame one? Yeah, it's almost it's, impossible. It's a tight like. link. It's a tight link. You need a tight link for it to, to work, actually. I feel uh, like martial artists can do it, but I'm not at that level. I don't know why in my mind I'm just like seeing Jackie Chan doing a stunt and then mm-hmm. now for my best stunt. Uh, <laughs> there it was. Enjoy. <laughs> Uh, um, I was gonna say something. Oh, let me talk shit about your podcast. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, go ahead. Go, 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 go. <laughs> so we talked about uh, doing things like simple things to promote uh, viewership and stuff like that. You know how difficult it is to find your podcast via Twitter. <gasps> Why? Uh, I go to our Reddit SF on Twitter, yeah. and there's no link to the podcast. I have to go to the Reddit.com link. Okay, now I'm in the reddit.com link. Where is this? I don't know where the fuck it's at in this page either. That's like, fair. I don't know where to find it. Like, I had to go to, I think, resources, I think was it what? And then it's like somewhere down here. Yeah, yeah, it's somewhere it's in, in this resources. It's in the main wiki. There's three things I had to click. That's to too get many clicks. That's too to many your clicks. podcast. Because uh, I, I listened to a couple of them just to make sure you weren't a psychopath. Um, and then but. you decided that I was, so it was okay. <laughs> it's okay to drop in. <laughs> um, but yeah, so stuff like that. Like, you know, if I'm a, if I wasn't probably coming on this podcast, I wouldn't even know known that there was a podcast. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, that's fair. And, something worth um, something to think about. Yeah, just throw a link somewhere up in your Twitter. You know, because this is going to be your your big draw for outside people. Um, and you have a lot of followers, right? Oh yeah. Like this, this podcast is listened to, uh, yeah. and the Twitter account is followed. So it's, it's not small by any means. It's just hard to find. Maybe I should like, it's a, get like a vanity URL. Like we do for our, our streams, get like a, like a fuck Delaware, but for the, the podcast. Sure. You have but a, I, what? Did you, okay. So the long story, uh, some, ha- something happened during one of our tournaments, where someone said, I think, it, I'm forgetting the lore, but uh, we own www.fuckdelaware.com and that leads mm-hmm. to our Twitch account for that's hype. for reasons. <laughs> so, yeah, fuck Delaware, <laughs> idiots, <laughs> fucking idiots, fuck yeah. Delaware. Am I right? First Living state, more like more like worst state. Am I right? Ooh. Oh, there you go. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so maybe it's time to get a vanity URL for this one. Uh, but no, that's just something to think about and. and if, hmm. I, yeah, I always sorry to put you on the spot. No, no, it's one of those things. I noticed that other people do too. It's one of those things where, yeah, pe- people should be doing this. People who have like the time and like the drive to make it and, and do work should be doing this. This is always one of those things where like I work 12 hour days every day and then also, also this stuff. So like anything on the back end for me is always like, it's the fucking miracle that it even happens. Um, I feel you, but that's cause like, 
here's the other thing, folks. My day job, I don't need to do this shit, fam. I don't need to do this at all. Uh, but I do because I love it. And I love promoting people and the stuff that happens within this community because it's full of it's full of great people uh, like Hanzo Gonzo, who is working on coming instantly. Mm -hmm. um, one day, maybe one day. Um, I'll, I'll keep trying. You'll be one of the great in the history books, let's say. Uh, other than that, though, is there anything else that you want to talk about that we haven't covered quite yet? Um, yeah, I think just in general, some tips that I because I've I've tweeted about this before in regards to why aren't you growing in regards to like content creation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a schedule is really the the best way to do it yeah. every day if you're not even every day like every other day or monday wednesday thursday friday you know stuff like that if you can stream an hour or two that's really beneficial to your twitch and if you can release a video every week same time same day that's really beneficial releasing it every other week is still fine but i feel like a weekly kind of uh, like a structure is much healthier for you as a person, right? Because you, you can schedule around it as well as it's healthier for your viewers because they know when to come in. And a lot of these smaller streamers that are getting, you know, partnered and stuff, they have dedicated people that want to watch them. Mm -hmm. And you just need more people to turn into that. And like say jam, is a great example of someone who took their stream and was like, I'm going to take it more seriously. And now every day he does, he basically has a flow chart of what he does. He, you know, has like two or three hot topics or whatever bullshit he's going to talk about. He talks about the two or three hot topics with the chat. And then he um, either does analysis or he plays fighting games. Like those are the, that's his like flow chart. And when I go to a stream every day, I know that's what it's about, right? I know why I'm going to that stream. Um, and through that, he's grown a cult of personality with his viewers, right? There's a lot of people who just like Sajam. So I just want to watch Sajam. And that's very normal in the streaming space. Uh, there's people that want to watch Eris just because he's Eris. Who cares what he's playing, right? You can be playing DOA and looking at tits on cards right and four thousand people are watching them right <laughs> so it's like uh it's not actually interesting content but um he's playing like poker in red dead redemption and he has three thousand people right right it's a it's a cult of personality like you said yeah people um go there for that and it's good to have that um it's not good to have it go to your head and become a psychopath influencer but right. it's probably inevitable for a lot of people um <laughs> do you know how many followers i have on ig do you know oh, you <laughs> you'd be surprised of some people i worked with um that's, no i the thing is i wouldn't and that's we live in a nightmare world uh, fuck uh yeah influencers are the devil but um, <laughs> collectively they're the collective devil <laughs> It, it's cool to become one, I guess. Um, <laughs> and there's there's like a it's kind of like the the American dream for lower middle class people when they're when they're trying to like they think they're embarrassed millionaires. I think that's the term, right? They're temporarily <laughs> embarrassed millionaires. That's kind of like what a lot of these streamers are. Mm. And I feel like everyone's trying to become that millionaire without 
without doing the legwork to just just get yourself propped up. Right. You have to do a lot of work to even get to the middle. <laughs> and it's fucking rough. It's rough getting to the middle. Tough but, out there. Um, yeah, I, I see a lot of people, not to be a Debbie Downer, I see a lot of people in the FGC doing really well in regards to um, a lot of their content creation and um, growing their self-worth and stuff like that. The stuff is good in the FGC. I feel like a lot of the times, like the co- the quality of material of what is being put out there is good. Yeah, and there's a lot of great people to follow, much so, much more so than previous years. So right now, we're in a pretty good space. I just want people that... Um, I want more of it. And I, I think for me personally, what I want the most is less beginner content, actually, hmm. and more uh, high-end, like, advanced concepts, uh, content revolving around that. Like an hour talking about mix-ups. Like, I'm with you. For mix-ups, when you do a mix-up, do you do it the same the first time if you're playing the player for the first time? Do Why? You? Why? Why do you do that? Yeah. Uh, stuff like that because I said stuff like that like 90 times, by the way. Um, How much information are you gaining from doing a mix up like that or stuff like that? Because because I'm because <laughs> if I'm a player, I'm kind of I'm in the clouds a lot of the time. If I know you're going for a setup, I'm just going to block the way that you normally do it the first time. Right. And I because I, I consume a lot of info, so I know the mix ups. Yeah. Right? You know, the cross under is coming like. Cause that's yeah. what the mix up is. And I know that because I'm a smart boy. Concepts like that are, you can go on and on. And a lot of people have different uh, opinions taking, we did a segment at uh, one of the Capcom cups, not this past year. Cause we didn't work it. Uh, but uh, I think it was two years ago where it was a take your, take the throw. Like we asked everyone, would you take the throw? Right. That question alone stumped some people <laughs> like uh <laughs> sometimes like a tokido had this whole thing where he's like sometimes you take the throw but not if you think they're gonna throw because then you get thrown or something like some crazy shit and it's like uh, uh that an answer? yeah <laughs> so you know stuff like that is good no i i am with you on that because i feel like at the point we are Specifically with Street Fighter V, it being as out for as long as it has been, around the same time that Street Fighter IV was out at this time, there was, I feel like there were way more conversations in that game about, like, here's this specific matchup tech, or here's this specific spacing that you should use, or just, like, really in the in the details. People were getting in the weeds, at least I was getting into the weeds, uh, not doing that so much now because of the other roles I've taken on but I don't really see that in Street Fighter 5 and I really haven't ever seen it there might be a couple of explanations I think High Fight does actually you know what false High Fight does a good job his matchup breakdowns are are really good they they include a lot of like tech and explanations of what someone might be thinking uh, and that stuff's really good uh, high level stuff like that. You're, I think you're right. There might be a, a current lack of it. I think it was a, a huge, like dearth of, um, uh, content that revolves around that. And for an example, green blue versus fighting, I can probably 
guarantee in the next week or so people are going to be releasing content in regards to um like what is spot dodging you know stuff like that like you know what is a role you know who gives a fuck i don't care like i know what it is i play the game for five minutes you know uh what is this m normal you know it's like oh it, you press m and it goes and does it you know i want to know more about like when are you supposed to be spot dodging via certain block strings and when is it bad stuff like that mm -hmm. is there a car canceling in that game I don't know. Maybe some characters. I don't, I don't know. It's it's very. I only. It's one of those things where it's a fairly new game. There's not a lot of exploration in in tech currently. Uh, not a lot. No, there's actually not a whole lot I know about it because I'm personally I'm lame and I'm waiting for the U.S. release. Uh, that's fine. But because that's when it's going to be most available to everybody. Um, so that's when we'll do the whole congratulations, Grand Blue community on the front page like we do for all the other games. Uh, so we'll be waiting for that. But benefit to that, though, is that by the time we do that, all this tech will already exist. All those videos mm -hmm. will already be out there. So we'll be able to share them and people will know exactly what to click on. It'll be fun. Um, anyway. Um what else? I was gonna, I was gonna bring up something else. Yeah, I kind of did derail you a little bit there. I don't necessarily um, know where your headspace was. You were talking about content and different types of content. Yeah, I, I just like long form things because going back to D and D, um, there's a there's a channel called uh, Web DM, and I've been watching them since they've come to reception, and now they're really really big, and their whole shtick is it's two guys and they just talk about um a subject in, re in relation to rpgs so like let's say the subject is um orcs 47 minutes talking about orcs and how they relate to you know the D, &D games the lore behind them weird ideas you can do with orcs what you know, are concepts. orcs how many things are orcs in do orcs fuck it's all this orcs stuff. Fuck, and I will never fuck an orc, but orcs do fuck. <laughs> um, for an example like that, or like uh, problem players. What do you do with someone who's an asshole, essentially? 50 uh, minutes, you know? Um, so they have these long-form discussions where they go over a lot of minutiae in regards to, like, a specific subject. <laughs> and there hasn't been stuff like that in fighting games to an extent, I think, Ultra Chen would be really good at it where they could be like anti airs two hours. You know, it's two hours <laughs> talking about anti airs, you know, um, right. and everything getting, that goes along with it. Getting everything out there, what they can think of. Yeah. And as it applies to different like, types of games and in different genres and shit. And shit it's like not that. like a lot of these concepts don't evolve. Um, as the games evolve and we're so much smarter now as a community. Yeah. Every day we're smartest, right? That that's the, today is the day that we're the smartest. That's a good, Always. you know what? That's a good quote. Every day we're smartest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, put that one on the back of the box for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Might be the we're, episode title, honestly. <laughs> Cause everyone that played street fighter two back in the arcades sucks dick. I'm sorry. They were really bad. They were super bad at the time. Now they might have stuck with it and became good players, but they were shit back then. And now we're so much better than they were. 
So our concepts are a lot more refined. So when you look at some of these old um, philosophies about fighting games, I feel like some of them are wrong. You know, they need to be updated to and I think exploring how they evolved is also interesting. Yeah, um, no, I, I'm in agreement with that. I, I think that there are some some details worth exploring that uh, a lot of people might say, well, this is known territory where it might not actually be that way. Yeah, and I think terms like footsies are... What is footsies? Horrible. <laughs> <Fuck> man. <laughs> horrible. I think terms like footsies and neutral are both crazy bad uh, because everyone has their own definition of footsies yeah. and neutral and what's good in them. And at a certain point, I feel like it doesn't exist. I don't think footsies exist. <laughs> I, I said that. I think I said that recently, but like, I really don't think they exist. It, <clears throat> Isn't that crazy to think of? Not like not really, because I honestly I would agree with you. Like it's it's one of those things where, like you said, there are it means so much to so many people that as an objective thing, it has almost lost all meaning. Yeah, especially like conversationally, it almost it, it doesn't relay an I like as as I say something to you, it might mean something else. Like uh i don't know it's it's it could be like you know whenever there's different gestures or things in some cultures what mean different things in other cultures like the number 13 is unlucky in in the states but it's like meaningless elsewhere or like the number four in china or or some shit like that where like if I say, oh, the footsies is like 13, some people would be like, that means nothing to me. It's <laughs> almost it's almost like that. If that's a um, good allegory. It's, it's just like if I said my footsies are good, some people would say, oh, his whiff punishing is good. Some people would say, oh, his spacing is good. Some people would say, oh, he's an asshole. You know, <laughs> those are like the, you know, yeah. different interpretations. Would, yeah. They'd say, oh, uh, he plays Ambison. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so I feel like that as a term, it's so non-descriptive. Yeah. It's so bad to use. And when you're talking about terminology like that, I feel like even like a discussion of footsies is just stupid because there's so many other things you can talk about. Like, let's say spacing. Spacing is really fucking difficult if you ever played fighting games for, you know, seriously. Yeah. Um, getting in a space in a matchup is really fucking hard because that other person's whole job in life is to not let you do that. Right. It's like playing chess and someone's like, don't move that piece. And they just beating the shit out of you the entire time. Right. And um, you want to get into that range. And sometimes you have to force yourself into that range. Sometimes you have to be incredibly patient like inhumanly patient. So when you're talking about a subject like that, there's so much to go with it. And yeah. no one's doing these long form discussions with good players. Being a good player is difficult too. So yeah, it's kind of hard to find well, uh, good players. Being a good player is difficult, but getting good players to accurately describe what their mentality is like in a match or like their concept of things is sometimes they bad at that. They're not good at yeah. explaining that. There's so a like lot pulling, of bad orators. Oh yeah. Pulling that information out of someone is would be a good skill to have. Um, 
No, I'm in agreement. There's there's a lot of shit that just almost has no meaning, and people talk about it as if things are ubiquitous within the fighting game community because they it's existed for so long. But do you have these words lost meaning? Does it, especially like cross games, like things change over time? Like you said, like the concepts of the neutral have changed dramatically from they change dramatically from game to game. So mm-hmm. it's it's not wild to think that. You know, it's time to, you know, maybe it's time to update our vernacular. Maybe we should have like neutral plus, neutral plus good, <laughs> neutral plus, <laughs> neutral plus that's, blasters. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's my alignment in D and D. It's neutral plus. <laughs> neutral, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, chaotic and I neutral. think it's, I think it's really good. That's what. That's what I actually. That's how I play. Is Fair enough. That, oh, um, are you kidding? Yeah, that's. Yeah, I'm so surprised. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think it's really beneficial to the scene too, because when I'm a, like a newbie player, when I, let's say I'm going to go watch League of Legends, uh, I'm going to go watch League of Legends. I I kind of know some stuff about it, but I don't really. I don't know like the meta and all of what's good and stuff like that. Right. So when I go and watch it, and they just start saying some terms, some terms I really don't know what the fuck they're saying. Um. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, there's pretty colors and it's over, you know, to a certain extent. Um, I feel like fighting games suffers from that from a newbie perspective because of how much lingo is kind of casually thrown out yeah. in commentary, which is good. Commentators should do that because commentators are commentating for people that are interested in the game. So to dumb it down to an extent is not what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is that the person gets smarter. <laughs> The person watching it gets smarter via these long form discussions because like if there's a term I'm not aware of, like uh, mix up, for example, some some people don't know what the fuck a mix up is. Um, if there's a if there's a long form discussion about it and I can I can go and watch it and actually understand like a lot about what a mix up means. You now take that information. You can go watch these other tournament streams and uh, now you're understanding the lingo. Now you're understanding what's happening on the screen. It's a lot more enjoyable to yeah. do that. Something that we actually stole from sports broadcasts that I think other production, Tenno might even do this, but having like brief descriptions of like FGC vocabulary. Like we have an FGC vocab uh, slide on the when we are not currently showing the game. Uh, it okay. is rotating through a number of explanations for little things just so that, you know, if you come in and you don't know what a frame trap is, tra- trap is it, it'll say that there and you go, oh, OK, I didn't know that. And I didn't have time to ask that because it's, you know, live stream. But now I kind of understand it and just having little things like that might be beneficial. But yeah, we've we've implemented that for CPT really early on in its inception. Yeah. Um, in regards to showing uh, fighting game lingo as well as some like lore bullshit, whatever. Yeah, I think that that's yeah. useful and good for new viewers, which you're going to get yeah. the most of in those big events. I think a really great example of that was the first KI Cup uh, that we did. Um, Sejam and Implement made these like little videos, yeah, explaining um, characters as well as some concepts, I believe. And they're very well made and very well produced and they're succinct and everything was great about them. And we just play them during breaks and stuff and everyone really enjoyed them. I think stuff like that is great. Um, 
I just that, desire uh, a, a level above that outside right. of the, the broadcast. Yeah, and like that already takes a level of investment in the production outside of what you're even looking for, you know, but yeah. And that then also increases, you know, you have to pay people for that stuff yeah, and you're taking away from other things. And, yeah. uh, we operate, you know, on a pretty fine budget. So, um, it's another thing when people are just like, well, why don't these streams just do this? Well, I mean, <laughs> money is really the thing. Uh, yeah. Getting money to do other things, like, convincing someone to give you money to do that is kind of hard yeah so that's why i think the onus it's probably could be on us in regards to production but i think the onus is much easier to put onto the community to uh build themselves up via it too because mm -hmm. when i'm making that content i'm building myself up as well right. as well as the community yeah, no, like, cause it's, it's going to be your face on that content if you're yeah. producing it, but no, that's a, that's good and all good to think about. Um, with that though, I think, uh, we've got to kind of hit the back end of this episode. So is there anything else that sure. you might want to cover that you didn't get the opportunity to, that you want to get out here <clears throat> before we head into the end of the episode? I guess I can promote, uh, I don't know when the date is, but me, Sajam, Ringe, Vicious, Tan Man, and Elder Death, who I'm sure you don't know the other two, um, are going to be doing a D&D &D stream on Sajam's channel. So cool. if, you're, if you're ever interested in seeing what D&D &D looks like, uh, you can go uh, watch that. Just go follow Sage. I'm sure he'll announce it. That's uh, fucking rad. So you yeah. you are following your own advice here. Sure, I just love D and D. Fair not, enough. It's not exactly my advice. It's in the same line, I guess. Okay. Uh, Do you ever like go yeah. outside of of D and D? Are there any other tabletop games that you're you're into? Um, I've been trying to play a lot more board games in general. Uh, Brett and Ryan Hunter. Uh, bring board games sometimes to events and I've been trying to get into them more because I I really I haven't played board games at all really right in my life so seeing a lot of these cool board games uh they they're really fun the board games are actually pretty fucking tight yeah. nowadays no there's and some there's some real good shit out there folks like yeah expand um, your horizons there's some good shit worth getting into it, have you ever like played like an, like an apocalypse world or anything like that oh you're talking about other systems um yeah. No, I've only played D and D for the most part. I have technically played three point five Pathfinder um, for like a session, but I really that was like when I was really new. But Damn. I'm I'm pretty all in on five E as a system. Um, not only because that's what everyone plays, but I really like the rules to an extent. Okay. I'm very familiar with them, so it's easy. Personally, I'm I'm not, so I'm, I'm asking that question as earnestly as I can. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, all right, so then with that, though, let's head into the, the back half. The, we, not back half, but last end of the show. I can't let you go without a asking you a line of questioning, let's which go. I, let's go. I think let's go. can let's go. <laughs> tell a lot about a person <laughs> uh, in the way that they answer it. comes in two forms. What is your favorite normal attack in any fighting game and why? <laughs> um so i have a serious answer uh my serious answer is taskmaster stand m 5m uh it's a double swipe uh he does with his uh sword 
Uh, I like it because it's incredibly good, as well as it hit his ass is a hitbox. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really weird to do mix-ups with his ass and it's Taskmaster doesn't have a lot of mix-ups so hitting people with his ass when they're on incoming is always unexpected so I, that was kind of like my mix-up and if I mistimed it they just fall into the stand-in and I just pressure from there but that was that I love that normal personally you know we've asked um I think we asked Abe again uh what his what the, what was the best normal that She-Hulk had to show her ass essentially and uh he had a whole he, it was an instant he had a list the, there's already a list of yeah of normal the, the, the pole move the and then her like her launch and shit like that and like he is uh, that's i love that question uh fair enough i think yeah, that's cool uh second part of the question though uh somewhat related what is your favorite combo in any fighting game and why <clears throat> Combo, um, I think that I really love doing. Um, you don't have really, to necessarily be to be able to do the combo. That's also important. You could just be a combo that you like or like watching. I really enjoyed doing Doom's combos, Doom's corner combos, um, with jump L into dive kick into air dash down like that loop yeah um was really it's really fun and foot, via foot dive yeah you just, it's like five foot dives and then you put them back down um i think those loops are really fun because um dr doom as a character is insanely well designed he is very well designed you can do anything with dr doom mm -hmm. he can do literally everything and he's super fun to control and his combos are really interesting because they show very succinctly the combo system, um, how time affects. James Chan claims time does not affect combos in Marvel, and I think he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> they hella do. I've argued with them like ton times about it. Um, time is a big factor. Explain yourself for people who might not know. So it hits on Decay in Marvel 3. Um, there's some factors that go along with that increases hits on decay. Obviously, right. when you get further along in a combo, each normal is scaling uh, the hits on decay to become shorter, shorter, shorter. Time is also one of those things in a combo. So if I wait a second before I OTG versus not waiting a second before to OTG, more time, more hits on decay is being scaled waiting that second. The amount is kind of unknown. It's very minutia based uh, kind of like feel based right. uh, but there is a there is a distinct factor of time in hits on the k and so doing doom's combos you have a certain amount of reps you can do as well as um you have to do them quickly um if you don't do them quickly like i can delay it super i could delay it super long and all of a sudden i lose two reps of the loop um so with with that combo you can see how time also affects the system as well as it's just really fun to do and dr doom himself also shows how hit stun decay fails as a system after you tac tac means you tag in your other person in a combo and um when you do that hit stun k stops it doesn't there's no hit stun k anymore um why who knows but um through that if you never land on the ground then it never kicks back in. So you can do stuff like infinite. 
and um, Doctor Doom's really easy to do infinites with. Um, mm. So, and also, Doctor Doom was how I kind of learned how to do combos in fighting games because um, initially in Marvel 3 when I released, I couldn't do the really shitty uh, bucktooth loop. Like it's, it's really unoptimal, but it's essentially you just do M, foot dive, air dash down M. I literally couldn't air dash. I was like flabbergasted. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. This is so hard. And I had to grind it out like for days. It out. And that's kind of like how I learned how to play stick. Um, okay. I couldn't do quarter circle forwards when I was playing Street Fighter Five when I got a stick. I just couldn't. It was impossible. Huh. And okay. I had to get by. Bought an Octo Gate because I'm still an Octo Gate player. Yeah, hell and yeah. Fuck all the haters out there. Octo Gates for life. I love them. Yeah, I've. Uh, it makes going to Japanese arcades really fun. Um, and via that. Um, I learned how to do motions and stuff because I would ride the gate a lot. And I do, I have like weird executional habits that I have. Like I don't do quarter circle forwards. I do half circle forwards. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but it makes KOF really fun. You know? <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> you know, just That's do a random tr- shit sometimes. True. Uh, um, <laughs> Who knows what will happen in KOF? <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck, my super. Uh <laughs> But yeah, yeah Doctor Doom's corner com. That's, yeah, that's funny that you say that because now that I think about it, Doom was the character that I actually learned how to do Marvel combos with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because like he's easy to do them. Not like easy, but like he's a good learning character because he can do some. He can do keep away. He can do combos. Uh, he mixes well with other characters. So it's like, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, good answer. I like it. Uh, with that, though, that's the end of the show. Uh, before we leave Hanzo Gonzo, where can people find you on the... Uh, I was going to ask where can people find <laughs> you, you can, on the internet, but... You just you leave it in. Don't find me on the fucking internet. Leave me don't, alone. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, leave me you alone. you can go to the link that we've shared in the... It'll be the first link that you see. Uh, please go donate. Wildfires have been really rough for Australia, so please uh, be generous if you... If, you have the means, yep. uh, but that's show. You can find me at super Joe Monday or at Reddit SF on twitter.com or head over to our street fighter and see what's happening throughout the week. But that's show folks. Uh, look for this show every Thursday. Don't forget about the tournaments on Mondays on the East coast and Fridays on the West coast. But until next time, folks take care. Peace. Bye.